0: To Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life, I am your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. Thanks for joining us today. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way, as an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today comes to us from the Washington, D.C. area by way of Phoenix, Arizona. She is one, Anne Brandstatter. She moved to D.C., uh, the D.C. area sometime in the 90s. A communications professional by day, and Moonlights as a local rock star in bands such as Grandma's Mini, Mimi Loco, and most recently, AJ and the Kids, and a new pandemic duo as well titled Smart Patrol. AJ and the kids is a DC area rock band that plays original music and covers and will record an EP this upcoming fall. They've been active since 2018 and you can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com backslash AJ and the kids and on Instagram at AJ and the kids smart patrol is a new project, a pandemic devo tribute band and will have its world debut sometime this fall with a webcast. For updates, go back to Facebook and look for Smart Patrol 2020. For our conversation today, we are going to be discussing all things Susie and the Banshees and their sixth studio album titled Hyena. Hyena was released back in 1984, and it was the first Banshee studio album to be released on Geffen Records, which also reissued the rest of the band's catalog. So without further ado, let's welcome Anne to the program.
1: Anne Brandstatter, it's such a pleasure to have you on this program today. How How are you doing? Welcome to uh, Cover to Cover. Thanks for having me, Matt. Um, I'm honored that you
2: uh, want my opinion
1: uh, yeah, for, your, well,
2: for this podcast. <laughs> I think that's great.
1: Yeah, we're going to be talking about Hyena, which is uh, the sixth studio album from... Susie and the Banshees, which was released back in 1984. And uh, right. where did this all begin for you? Uh, did you discover the band, you know, on your own? Did you have a friend or somebody that, that turned you on to this, this, um, this record? How did it happen? Um,
2: I was in high school at the time. Um, and I believe that I had a friend or a group of friends that was that we're really into the music. Um, similar to The Cure, you know, we uh, I had a, a lot of friends. That we were all into, you know, all those early, mid-80s indie rock bands before, you know, it was called Alternative. It was, I don't know what it was called. It was co- all called Underground, maybe, um, Underground Rock. Um, so, you know, it was me and a cluster of my friends, and, you know, we... We're always discovering new bands, and Susie and the Banshees was one of them. So it was a—I don't know if I personally discovered it. I—I I think a friend may have turned me onto it.
1: Yeah, if I remember
2: correctly. Yeah.
1: It's—it's it's interesting that right off the top here you mentioned The Cure because Robert Smith, lead singer and guitarist of The Cure, yes, composed and recorded. I would—I think the majority of the songs that composed Yeah, it, right? I don't
2: know. If he composed the ma- the majority, I, I need I need to look deeper into that. But this album, the reason I chose this album to review was because Robert Smith plays a part on the album. Um, he also toured with them um, for for the in support of the album that came out before this. He did not tour in support of this album, oddly. So, um, yeah. He he's I he's, you know, the cure one of my favorite bands as well. But I thought the reason I wanted to do this one is because it kind of melded two of my favorite bands from that time, you know, into one album, you know. So I thought that was great.
1: Yeah. Can you tell our listeners who many of the players are on this record? Who is who's, who's in Susie and the Banshees?
2: <laughs> okay. Um the drummer's name is Budgie. And uh, who Susie was married to for a while. They were husband and wife. They were a husband and wife team. Susie Sue, the lead singer, otherwise known as Susan Dalian. Um, and Steve Severn, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, I'm not sure, um, plays bass and had played bass with with Susie and the Banshees from the beginning, from the get-go. He's the, the one original member of the band. Um Budgie came in, I think, on the third record, if I'm not mistaken, second or third record. Okay. Um, and they were always going through guitarists. That was the one spot that just didn't seem to stick for them, lead guitar players. Um, and for this album, it happened to be Robert Smith. So hmm. that's exciting,
1: you know? It's exciting. Yeah talking to Ann Branstadter here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about the sixth album from Susie and the Banshees, Hyena. And, um, and do you think that, you know, after listening to all of these albums that uh, predated Hyena, do you think that Hyena itself was a departure in sound, or do you think that you know, the the band had been kind of like working towards these musical ideas?
2: Uh, I think it's a departure, for sure. Um, though the album before this, Kiss in the Dreamhouse, I think they were sort of on the way to this album with that. I feel like that was more of a departure album than this one, to be honest with you. And I think this one kind of brought it to another level by bringing in the London Symphony Orchestra. Um, for this song, "Dazzle," um, so I, I I don't know. I can't really. I mean, I, I think it's uh, well probably. There's one of their strongest albums. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's one of their best, in my opinion.
1: This feels like a good time to just you know jump right in and talk about some of your favorite songs. You mentioned the opening track. Dazzle, right? And, yeah, the London Symphony Orchestra, the, the twenty-seven part arrangement is, is all over this. Um, y- you complement that with, you know, shimmering vocals and
2: yeah, you know, some, some moody
1: synths, you know, kind of in the yeah. ending playing
2: and guitar. Melody.
1: It's um, it's kind of a, an, it's an unexpected <clears throat> track, perhaps in the sense that you, you have forty seconds of orchestral instrumentation. Yeah. So I guess my first question is, you know, I'm wondering if um, this, you know, this had some of the imprint of Robert Smith and his experiences with the Cure, because so often we hear Cure arrangements, you know, that might be 40, 45 seconds at the beginning before you get any sort of, uh, right. uh you know, yeah. uh, you know, any vocal from Robert.
2: Right. I never thought of that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, you know, maybe that, maybe that's part of his style. But, um, this album, to me, I don't feel like he put his own sound on this album more more than I think he did what he knows in order to complement what the banshees, Susie, and the banshees already were doing. He added his own bit of flair if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, yeah. he 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 works with them he. He didn't take over. He he was low key, but he was also a strong presence at the same time. But except he let her shine, and he was in the background. If that makes uh, if that makes yeah. sense, yeah.
1: You
2: know, I think he's a true musician.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, in that sense, he's he wasn't he's not he didn't need to be, make it all about him. You know, and that's the sign of a true musician and somebody that works well with others. So you know. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. He let her shine, and he made her shine very well through his
1: compositions and arts and are are there any lyrics that stand out for you in particular on this track
2: on this track okay. uh, I'm not not so much on this track um, i I was thinking of other i li- i spent a lot of time listening to this record yesterday and when when I listen to music, you know, and just in general, and especially back then, I wasn't so hung up on lyrics as I was on the music. And um, when I listened to the album yesterday, I started listening to some of the lyrics, and I'm like, wow, that's really dark. <laughs> you know, when, when you're in high school, you're like, oh, this is cool, wow, and they're talking about, like, God knows what. I don't know. You know, it's very, some of it's very dark, um, but you don't notice it because of the music and the singing and the composition. Um, and one one lyric, uh, I believe the song Bring Me the Head of the Preacher Man, that's one of my other favorite songs on this album. Um, I did pay attention to those lyrics yesterday some more. And um, I, I think it's this song I have to go back and listen. But um, I, I think that this album may have been recorded in Mexico. I need to uh, do a little more research on that. But they talk a lot about Mexican imagery, like eating the worm. And I'm like, eating the worm. Wow, that sounds really... When you're, you know, a 16-year-old, you're like, like oh, that sounds so so edgy and now that I think about it they were probably in Mexico drinking tequila and that's probably what that was. With the worm at the bottom of a bottle. It was the worm at the bottom of the bottle of tequila and it never really dawned on me until now that that's what that, you know, know, it sounds so spooky and, and, you know, mysterious but it's really not. But at the same time, the album is spooky and mysterious so it's, I don't know. Does that make sense?
1: (laughs) It, it, It makes sense. Great sense,
2: yeah, so you know it brings a little when you when you're a teenager and you're listening to this music, they're like other beings from another you know another world these these rock stars, these musicians, and then when you grow up, they're you know oh they're just like us, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so the magic's kind of gone, but not really
1: you know yeah not
2: not completely, yeah.
1: Following Bring Me the Head of the Preacher Man, uh
2: Another strong song.
1: Yeah. yeah, we have a we have a song called Running Town. Right. And you know, it's interesting. I I detected some like some of that early Athens kind of sound in this track, like B fifty twos in particular, and you know, there's a fun little callback to that rhyme scheme uh that you hear in Don McLean's American Pie by mentioning Helter Skelter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some, some very interesting imagery and, you know, wearing some, some influences on their sleeve, I would imagine.
2: hmm Well, you know, she also, uh, I'm sorry, the band, Susie and the Banshees, also covered the song Helter Skelter by the Beatles on their first record, The Scream. So it's, it's, I feel like it, it might be kind of a, a shout-out to that, maybe yeah. a little bit, which um, reminds me <laughs> that they do another Beatles cover on this record, Dear Prudence, which, mm, mm, in my opinion, I think is one of the best Beatles covers I've ever heard, for me, personally. I think they do an amazing yeah, job with it.
1: Let's talk about Dear Prudence. Um, yeah. Some really interesting production choices with that panning of left and right, You know, mm-hmm. similar to what you hear in Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. And um, mm-hmm. a fun little video, too, where the band is walking around Venice um, yeah, yeah. Tell, you know, please you know, share your thoughts about what sonically you, you think of this really brilliant song and Susie covering. Well, the, the Beatles song
2: is very simple-ish. Uh,
1: I'm not. I'm not
2: sure it's completely simple, but it's much more simple than this version. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's quiet and 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 pensive, the Beatles version, where this one is sort of turns it into this grand production, you know. It takes it to another level. Um with her vocals, um the pacing, it's a completely different pace. Um it has a very magical feel to it. And um it's a completely different take. Um and it's 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 beautiful. I think it's it's a very it's a beautiful interpretation. Um, I'm, I don't want to stray from the topic, but uh, the Jerry Garcia band also does a very good version of this, which yes. is completely different, which is a totally different take, but it's also really good. So, just for that, you know, so you can have a band like Susie and the Banshees cover a Beatles song, and then something on the completely other end of the spectrum cover the song you know right. which means right. it's a great song
1: <laughs> and and it was what it boils really down sure to it yeah. for the band um yeah i believe it you know was somewhere you know hovering around the top fives in the uk in 1984 so they uh you know they really gave it their it, their own personality
2: yes for sure yeah. that's what i meant to say yeah they they gave it their own flavor yeah, they put their own spin on it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Talking to Anne Brandstatter here on uh, Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, all about Susie the Banshees' 1984 record, Hyena. And uh, Ann, are there any other tracks that really stand out for you that you'd like to tackle here?
2: Well, you know, I mentioned Bring Me the Head of the Preacher Man, Dear Hor- Dear Prudence, uh, Dazzle. You know there's a lot of good ones, uh, Swimming Horses, Stands Out, Take Me Back, We Hunger. Those are some of my other favorites. We Hunger is one that, it, it follows Dazzle. It's, it's the sec the second track. And, uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's very haunting and I don't know what it's about, but it's another one where the lyrics are, uh, Pretty creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know. As as the rust creeps, corrosion seeps the rotting seed, eat me, oh feed me with your belching foul breath.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. damn. You know. <laughs> but then, you know, then she moves into they move into take me back, which is about going home and when you go back home after many years, it's not the same. She came back after all this time. She came back to warning signs. Yeah. All is black when the lights are on. Take me back. It's been so long. Those are the words. Those are some of the words.
1: It's really heavy stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Traffic yeah. changes in somebody's life or mm-hmm. maybe visiting people that are, you know, in a situation that they haven't been able to, you know, dig out of that hole if you will.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, yeah, and Swimming Horses is just kind of a little ditty and it's got piano, um, and it's a little more lighthearted than some of the yeah, other yeah. songs. Yeah, it's got like a kind of a
1: ska quality to it in some places. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. It's, it's, yeah.
2: Um, I would like to talk about the guitar work of Robert Smith on this album. And I feel like um, Bring Me the Head of the Preacher Man um, has some of his best guitar work on it. Um, he has a nice little lead going in the background. And also in Dazzle, um, while you have the orchestra happening, you have this guitar riff in the background, where which brings me back to the point that you know what he what's doing what he what he did he added to it but not it wasn't overwhelming what he did it fit it was just right whatever he would add on guitar
1: yeah so extra flavors yeah. yeah talking to Ann Brandstatter here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka all about Susie and the Banshees all about hyena and uh, and I'd like to ask you a question about cover art as it relates to hyena.
2: Yes. Um, I was hyena. just trying to find the back cover and I <laughs> and I can't find it. <laughs> I know what it looks like from memory though.
1: Yeah. It 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 sort of resembles a mosaic and uh Yes. You know, I was I was just, I have
2: the front cover in front of me. Yeah.
1: I'd love to get your thoughts on it because art, you know, supports You know, so many pieces of music, whether it's released digitally or on a vinyl record, cassette, CD, what have you. Um, I was just wondering what's conjured up in your mind when you see this work? Do you think it's a a cool representation of what you're about to experience, Sonic? I think so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of psychedelic, Um, it kind of has a little, maybe, a Picasso feel to it which, you know, um, maybe a, maybe even a Mexican theme. I know Picasso wasn't Mexican. He was Spanish. But um, it might even have a little bit of that Mexican feel that I was feeling with uh, Bring Me the Head of the Preacher Man. Um, yeah. yeah. It has a, you know, this looks like artwork that you would not see in the United States.
1: Definitely. To me. Uh, <clears throat> and there's Fish.
2: No, it's which is a hyena. Excuse me.
1: <laughs> it, is. it is. It's so interesting you bring up Picasso because I was thinking about his painting just now, three musicians, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it has that sort of <clears throat> excuse me kind of angular look to it, and
2: uh-huh. yeah, that's a uh, that's so cool. It's so interesting. And then and then the back cover, which I can't see because I can't seem to get a picture of it right now. Um, It has them all like in black and white, all the bandmates in black and white in squares. If I remember correctly on the back cover and Susie is on all fours wearing this bondage gear, (laughs) 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 which, which is hilarious to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So it, it, which doesn't really fit at all with the cover art, but it's fun, you know? Um, I can't remember what the other guys are doing. Uh, I don't think they're doing anything particularly different uh, or special. <laughs> but but she's like this, you know, this this beast. Like she's trying to be like this wild animal or something. <laughs> the way she's dressed up, she's on all fours. You know, it's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this is the height of her her look. You know. With with the makeup, you know the, the the crazy makeup and hair, you know the. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Egyptian style makeup. I, I'm not sure. Uh, me, I I didn't do my research on that. But um, growing up, you know, pe- me and my friends, we would always try and mimic it just because we could, you know, because we could. <laughs> and, and it was wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, <laughs> it wasn't easy yeah. to do, you know.
1: It's yeah. very intricate. <laughs> you need to take a few hours during. Yeah, the day. It's really yeah that's it's
2: not easy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And thank you so much for being on the program today. I really appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts about hyena from Susie and the Banshees and um, how much this record is is meaningful to you. So thank you.
2: For sure, and thanks for for inviting me. And I'm glad I got to share my opinions on it. I really appreciate it because it's a very special record
0: to me. Hey, my special thanks to Ann Brandstatter for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much, and please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to tell your friends and your family about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. That'll certainly help us appear higher in those search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at cover to cover coverconversationscom Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.